Since iTunes only keeps the last 100 episodes of any show, some of our show topics that seem to help the most people are no longer available when people search on iTunes. So, in an effort to make that information available to more people, from time to time we're going to re-air some of our most popular show topics. You can also go to kickitnaturally.com and search for any topic in our search box. For now, enjoy this show that originally aired in 2014. T.C. Hill is not a doctor and does not claim to be a doctor or licensed in any type of medical field. Don't be an idiot and use anything heard on the show as medical advice. This information should be used for educational purposes only and you should contact your doctor for any medical advice. Now get off me. Kick it naturally. I'm Kenna McEnroe, and I'm here with T.C. Hale, author, natural health expert, producer, farmer, farmer, yeah, farmer. farmer. I, I didn't. I haven't really grown anything, but I was just playing with carrots, and I was like, I could have pulled these out of the ground. I'm basically a farmer. Basically, you eat a lot of vegetables. Yeah, you got that in common with farmers. Yeah. Uh, we also have Will Hottie Patati Schmidt coming to you from the Bay Area. What's up, Will? Chilling in San Francisco today. Bay Area. Is it cool or what? What's the weather like there? It, it was really nice earlier. Now it's cooling off for sure. Well, it's been hot here. It's insane. It's like, come on, we need some cooler weather, please. Yeah, there has been some warm. And Kenna, your baby shower was a maze balls. Yeah, yeah, but it was a lot of fun. That was some good times. I'm very overwhelmed right now. I have nowhere to walk through my apartment and. Right, right. <laughs> a lot of people have brought you some stuff. I was just, I, I've, I don't know where to start, so. Are you going to cry if we keep talking about it? So are you going to cry? Yeah, I might cry. Okay. Right. Awesome. It's good I sound stiffly because my nose and everything is stuffed up today, but I'm not crying right now. All right, all right. Um, okay, so uh, let's see. Today's show, we're going to be talking about infertility. And if you want to go to Tony's in-depth article on infertility or share it with a friend, go to kickitnaturally.com and search for infertility in the search box. Um, if yeah, you haven't followed us... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, that, that article might go in a little more depth than some of the stuff we cover today. We're going to try... we got a lot to cover. This is probably going to go two shows. Uh, but we have that article there if you want to use it to reference or to get into a little more depth and if we miss some stuff, etc. All right, cool. If you haven't followed us on Facebook, search for Kick It In The Nuts or Kick It Naturally. We've got over 200,000 fans. I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to be on Facebook unless you're following us. And if anything you learned on today's show is too sciencey, just go to kickitnaturally.com and download our free quick start guide to figure out the best place to get started. You'll find the link to this free and easy four-page guide on the right-hand side of any page. Cool. So we, we got a bunch of questions that we're going to get into. But before we do that, I, I want to say that this can be a, a very emotional topic for a lot of people. It can really be a big deal. Um, so don't let us talk like we're jerkwads or something and uh, upset you because we just do that sometimes. But this is something that I'm very excited to talk about because I, I have some clients that were unable to conceive, and then we helped them do some of the things we're going to talk about in this show, and now they have cute little babies. And uh, since Sarah and I have had a, a baby that happens to be the cutest on the planet, I'm pretty sure, um, man, if we can do something to help anybody else do that, that's just fun. Good times. Yeah, yeah so I, I'm excited to get into this, and 
There are a lot of things that if you've been researching fertility and kind of having trouble with this for a while, um, you're going to see that there's a lot of things that can be helpful that we might not really get into because what we want to get into is going to take a while to talk about and we want to we want to cover a lot of that. And it's probably the stuff that you're not going to get from other places. So you may need to get uh, some help from other areas and learn other things elsewhere. But the stuff that we tell you here could really be a game changer for, I feel like, probably half of the people that are dealing with infertility. Now, there are situations that can restrict a woman's ability to conceive. Those are real. Those are out there. And um, that can be a possibility. But I feel like at least half of the women that are dealing with an issue or even have been told that they have a problem where they can't conceive, I feel like at least half of those people can if they're, if they're able to correct some issues that are going wrong. Or so what that's kind of... What about men? Don't men have problems like... Yeah, men have problems. Yeah, there's a lot of things to do with sperm. We're not going to get a lot into the male infertility stuff today because the female stuff is, is a lot to cover. Um, but there are some issues when it gets to male that we'll kind of cover at the end of the show. Remind me at the end, Ken, and we'll kind of talk about a few things. But before we get into questions, let's just give kind of a base here. Because uh, what happens is to to make a baby, you, it takes a lot of resources to actually build a whole other human being. Like a baby is this whole other person that's living inside of you. And, and to build a whole person is not just magic. And uh, some stork bird doesn't really drop it off at your house. We kind of know that now. But... To build a human being takes resources, just like it would take resources to build anything. If you're going to build a house, you wouldn't start construction unless you had the wood, nails, concrete, whatever you're going to build it out of. You have to have that stuff. So what happens is when a woman's resources, and when we say resources, we're talking nutritional resources like uh, the minerals, the vitamins, all, all the amino acids and all this stuff that you need in the body for the body to function. If those resources are low, what happens is Mother Nature kind of protects that would-be mother by shutting off the reproductive system. Sometimes a woman will lose her period, or uh, and it can be for a long time. Um, uh, sometimes other issues will happen, but it's it's basically a protective service that your body is doing because if your resources are already low and you were to conceive and have this little hitchhiker in your body stealing stuff from you every day, all day long, then your resources could go low to the point of major concern or major problems. So it's kind of a a safeguard. And so that's what we're going to talk about a lot today is why would that happen? Why would a person have the low resources what what could somebody do about it what problems are these low resources causing besides i don't have enough to hand my fetus his lunch or whatever so we're going to get into a lot of that today we'll probably start off with questions anything you want to hit real quick will before we hit a question um yeah just a forecast you know maybe some things that regular listeners might already know is that digestion obviously plays a huge role in this and 
the body being able to get the nutrition that it needs, uh, especially the ability to absorb protein. And then we'll also be talking about some biomarkers that women can use to check their own chemistry to see in which ways they may be out of balance that can help give them a clue on what they need to focus on. Things like their blood pressure or if they're in a a protein like breakdown state, like a, a catabolic state, or um, or other other indications that they may not be absorbing the nutrition from their food based on how their digestion should be going. Those can all be really useful and powerful ways to troubleshoot your own chemistry. And I've had um, I've had um, maybe a dozen clients I think that have. Um, not necessarily like some of them were trying to get pregnant and they were able to and they were able to have like really healthy stable pregnancies and others were just women that had not had their period in years which is obviously an indication of like present in, uh, current infertility and their period would come back without that wasn't even the focus like they came in for like anxiety or a digestive problem or insomnia and in, they didn't even know they could fix their period yeah. yeah that wasn't even like a priority for them but then all of a sudden it came back once their body started to get nourished so have hope know that uh it is um a, it's a big priority for your body to be fertile obviously it's very much built into our genetics and um it's it's totally possible in most cases to to get it back and sometimes all you need is the right nutrition will are you at a party or something I'm at a cafe. Oh, I hear like waitresses and stuff in the background. I thought, yeah, yeah. I thought maybe you hired some help and they were no. having a good time in the background. Yeah, no, I'm Okay, a- so if anybody needs a, a coffee or something, just tell Will yeah. Yeah. and he'll, he'll have them order that up. <laughs> she thought that was funny. Fantastic. She, she did. Yeah, so uh, another thing to, when we're looking at this, you know, when you look at the ability to digest something and why that's so important. And I I understand that with this topic, we may have a lot of first-time listeners because they may search for this topic on iTunes or something and and find our show, and they may not know a lot of the things that our our normal listeners understand. And an important thing to understand is that to have resources, you don't just have to eat food because a lot of people will be skipping lunch and doing mistakes that they can fix easily by just doing the right things. But a lot of people are eating, and they're even eating healthy and, and very organic, great great food. But if they don't have the ability to break that food down and pull the nutrients out of that food, then it's not doing them any good. And, and that's where those low resources most often come from. There are other issues that can cause someone to have low resources. Maybe they're peeing out too many minerals than they're supposed to. But the most common issue is improper digestion. So, Will, can we talk about some of the most common symptoms that might give you clues that digestion is not working correctly? Most people think, hey, I put, I put this sandwich in my mouth and poop came out the other end. Everything must be working right. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of people um, may have already listened to our digestive issues podcast episodes or if they haven't already and they do think that they may have digestive issues they can check out the almost free digestive issues course we have at kickitnaturally.com but in that you'll you'll learn more in depth how to fix the issues that I'm about to mention but some of the most common ones would be constipation acid reflux uh, IBS or irritable bowel syndrome diarrhea gas bloating and um, yeah those are those are kind of the main ones burping acid reflux yeah. Nausea, that's another one. Mm. Acne. Kenna, did we leave any out? Oh, there's a bunch, I'm sure. There's a bunch. Diarrhea. Did you say that one, Will? No. No, I did, right. yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> right. So, so, and a lot of those things are very common. And we're going to teach you some other things to look at too that can give you some hints. But let's let's dive in now and let's look at this question from Stephanie because it's a doozy and it may end, it may spend the rest of the episode answering this question. Stephanie from Atlanta, Georgia. I recently visited the doctor and I have some questions about fertility. To give you a quick summary, I haven't had a period in years. I've been on birth control since 13 because I was having very heavy cycles every two or three week, every th- two or three weeks. Dealt with eating disorders and was anorexic in my early 20s. Was able to get past these disorders and gain some healthy weight, but have been running and working out for the last four years, still overly paranoid about gaining weight. I stay in great shape and still feel like the way I look is a priority, but now that my husband and I are wanting to have kids, my focus is starting to change. When I went to the doctor looking for help in recovering my period, I was diagnosed with hypothalamic infertility and osteopenia. So hypothalamic amenorrhea is uh, it's a problem that a person has lost their period for a considerable amount of time and the doctor is blaming the hypothalamus on that. Okay, you can go ahead. Okay. My cortisone levels were also double the normal range. He suggested that I may be able to conceive using IVF and suggested that I start hormone therapy right away to deal with the osteopenia. My research was uh, has me freaking out about the weight gain that came from that can come from hormone therapy, so I'm looking for other solutions. I also deal with mood swings depending on my blood sugar, chronic fatigue, and low sex drive. Would love to hear your suggestions. I... I think we have some suggestions. That was the end of the show. Okay. All right. So this is a lot to cover. And I think that just this example here is going to give people a lot of uh, idea of some of the things that can go wrong and some of the clues that you can get that things are going wrong. And, uh, you know, if someone's lost their their period, they they know that, okay, this is a problem for my fertility. I have to correct this, but there's a lot of people who haven't lost their period and they're still having trouble with fertility. So don't think that you have to lose your period uh, to fit into the category that we're talking about with these low resources. Some women uh, continue to have their period even with the low resources and the trouble just shows in in different ways. So let's look at a couple of the things that Stephanie uh, talked about here. And, you know, one of the things is that the doctor says she has the hypothalamic amenorrhea. And, and that's something that you hear a lot because uh, basically the, the hypothalamus is in charge of making these some of these hormones that actually trigger a lot of the other hormones to kick into gear and do all this stuff that signals the fertility things to happen. It's just the hypothalamus makes this uh, gonadotrophin releasing hormone and it kind of triggers all these other things to fall. So when this isn't working, a lot of times they want to blame something. So they point at the hypothalamus and say, hey, you're stupid. You're a stupid hypothalamus and you need to do a better job. But when you look at what goes on, especially with stress, and I'm going to talk about some stress hormones and then Will's going to just say stuff for 30 minutes because he gets excited about this particular topic. Um, but what happens is, you know, she says that her cortisol levels were double the normal range. So double is not real good 
you don't want to be double of a, of a stress hormone that's saying that there's a lot of stress going on. And we're going to talk about different types of stress. But the problem is that cortisol is made by a lot of the same stuff that your sex hormones are made from. So if you only have so many resources, let's say that a person has $100 worth of resources that they get to use to create hormones that are needed in the body and all this other stuff that has to take place. So if $15 goes towards making your cortisol to deal with the stress in your life, then you still have $85 left to do all this other stuff. But now let's say that someone has low resources. Maybe they only have $35. And now you have double the cortisol level, so you really got like 80 bucks going towards making your cortisol. You can see where things are not going to work right. It's not the hypothalamus's fault. It's that there's not enough stuff to allow everything to function correctly. So, Will, what I want to talk a little bit about is, yes, a person can be stressed because their boss is a jerk or they're stuck in traffic, but can you talk a little bit about how a body can experience stress just from the lack of resources yeah so that is a it's a survival mechanism where the body will elevate adrenaline and cortisol to try to help uh, motivate the, the organism to go get more food and it's not just humans that happens to like all creatures so we'll have these heightened stress hormone levels when our body's trying to like fix a problem and when it's in that fight or flight state or that like fine food now state, it's not trying to make a baby. It's trying to get resources just to survive. So replication would be really, really detrimental to the organism when it can't even sustain itself. So in addition to the, the actual like sterols that go uh, into the production of hormones, as you were talking about, some more being allocated to cortisol instead of other sex hormones, you'll see that not only is like our resources being used up to make those stress hormones, but an even bigger thing is the body would intentionally downregulate its um, inclination to reproduce because it doesn't it knows it doesn't have the resources for that and and that if it did it conceive uh, it would starve the organism. So the bigger issue at hand is survival rather than replication. So right, because a, a human body doesn't have to reproduce to survive, so the survival aspect is always going to be top priority. Yeah, and also, like, you can't reproduce if you don't survive, so... Right, right, that's yeah. good point. <laughs> yeah, priorities. If you're a health, fitness, or nutrition professional, check out our other podcast, Six Figure Health Pro. We dig into the latest marketing techniques and business-growing strategies for health professionals. To learn how to take your business to the next level, search for Six Figure Health Pro on iTunes or Stitcher, or go to sixfigurehealthpro.com to learn more. Now do what you're told. So you, you know, you know want another thing, to... Will, that I, I'd like you to get into while you're talking about this a little bit is that you know high cortisol levels can be very estrogenic and make estrogen levels high, which can deplete all kinds of minerals and cause all kinds of other problems. Go, Will mm. Schmidt. Yeah. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's not only like the quality of life issue that happens, but also um, 
the deterioration of the cells, like when, when we're in that stress state, the body's burning, burning sugar faster to try to solve the problem and it will spend less time rejuvenating itself and more time trying to solve the problem. So it can kind of accelerate aging and uh, change your moods, obviously, and impair the quality of your sleep and all sorts of just, you know, not good things that we would like to see reversed. And I think a big part of it for um, just what Stephanie described is in putting herself in a starvation state with eating disorders and anorexia, um, that, you know, not at all to blame her for whatever those things came up, but just the physiological reality of what, what that does to the body. Um, she may still have a tendency to undereat and undernourish herself, even though that was like, you know, a much earlier period in her life. She may still do that. And she's obviously still afraid of gaining weight. And people in, you know, her situation uh, usually have a... Um, a, a, a skewed vision, uh, a skewed view of what they actually look like and what is actually uh, fat. You know, where they think like they think that them at a health, like what is actually a physiologically healthy weight, is is fat. And so I've had many clients that when they first got their period back and they started to feel strong and they started to have energy and be able to sleep again and weren't lightheaded anymore, uh, they'd be feeling awesome. And I'd be like, great, you're doing awesome. And then I'd talk to them like two months later and they'd be like, oh, what do I do for my digestion again? And it's because <laughs> they stopped. They stopped doing the things because they started to have they started to have flesh, you know? Right. And they're, like, when they gained a little bit of weight, whether it was muscle or fat or both, like that was you know, objectively a, a healthier thing for their body, but subjectively they thought they were looking worse. So they would sabotage it and under eat. So that's obviously, it's obvious from what Stephanie's wrote that that's a big concern. She doesn't want to gain weight, but, um, it may, you know, not to, not to like, uh, make her feel like she's, she's going to get fat, but just to be honest, like she may need to see a therapist to talk to about her body image and, and recognizing more of like, what is actually a healthy state. And that's not an easy thing to do because we get those stories wrapped in our head and really deeply wound in our emotional body, but it is necessary work to do. Like if you're going to get back to health like she has to be comfortable nourishing her body sufficiently right because it, it kind of it sounds like uh you know stephanie has has moved on from the eating disorders but it sounds like she may have kind of traded those in on i'm gonna over exercise and and run all the time so that i can stay in shape because when you look at the osteopenia situation which is basically the precursor to osteoporosis and bone degeneration we do have a whole podcast episode on osteoporosis, but the short summary is that it's not some disease that all of a sudden your bones are getting attacked. It's We view it as your body is breaking down bone to use the nutrients in that bone because you're not supplying enough to allow the body to function correctly, whether you're eating you're not eating enough or you're not digesting correctly or maybe you're overworking out and using more energy than you're providing to the body. Any of those things could contribute to an osteopenia type of situation. But, you know, one thing that I want to make sure that Stephanie or anyone else with these issues understands, and Will and Kenna and I talked about this in another 
uh, one of our episodes on eating disorders. You can just go to kickitnaturally.com and in the search box put in eating disorders and you'll, you'll find that episode. But a lot of times that skewed view that you have about your own body is the result of the brain not getting the fuel that it needs to function correctly. And a, a lot of times when the brain is not getting the fuel that it needs, we tend to shift or sway our thinking to the doom and gloom area. And this gets into a lot of the depression you know, issues as well um, and even other you know, like bipolar type problems. Uh, a lot of times it's about the fuel or the brain getting the fuel that it needs to function correctly. And that doesn't mean you might not still need some therapy, but if you can start to digest your food correctly and actually pull fuel out of that food so that your body and your brain can function correctly, a lot of times getting a new view on a lot of these things is a little easier. Maybe it's not a 10 on a scale of 1 to 10 anymore. Maybe it's just a, you know, a, a 3 or a 4. So you still might need to do some work, but at least it's more manageable at that point. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, if you'd like to learn how to become a health coach or even just dig into more advanced teams for yourself or your family, go to healthprocourse.com to learn more about Tony and Will's online course for coaches. Also, today, all of our listeners can get a free audiobook from audible.com. Audible.com. Just go to kickitinthenuts.com forward slash audiobook for details. So but before we go on, I still have a few more things for Stephanie, too. She says that she's having mood swings and that they kind of, a, she notices that they occur uh, dependent on her blood sugar. Um, so this can be a really big deal with infertility, especially. Uh, and I'm going to have Will explain some horrible things that can happen when blood sugar crashes. But one thing to understand is that the body has this kind of backup system where when blood sugar goes low, uh, minerals can kind of buffer that. And a lot of the signals can still travel and everything can function correctly. Um, but when there's not a lot of mineral in the system, all of a sudden that buffering system is gone. So when blood sugar goes low, that person becomes a a new person. (laughs) And it's not always a better version of that person. You know, like we've everybody seen a Snickers commercial where, you know, someone hasn't eaten in a while and they're a whole different person. And it's popular because we've all seen that or we've all experienced it firsthand. We understand how that works. So this is a common thing, but... There are steps you can take to fix imbalances in your body that are causing that sugar to crash too hard, and you can also adjust the way you eat. So, Will, can we talk about that a little bit? And I also want you to cover some of the hormonal things that can happen in that blood sugar crash that could be causing the body to be not a good environment for growing another human. Yeah, well, when... Our blood sugar does go down, our body will start to elevate stress hormones to try to remedy the situation. So a lot of times people will have trouble sleeping or they won't be able to sleep long or they'll wake up in the middle of the night or they won't have good restful sleep if they're eating in a way that spikes and drops their blood sugar or if they're just uh, deplete of uh, too many carbs. And we'd see, we saw that before where people can kind of be in an elevated stress state on a ketogenic diet when they're really cutting out carbs really intensely. But they can also get there from under eating or over exercising. Hey, Will, you or, might have to back up from your mic just a little bit. It's kind of popping a little bit. Oh, sorry. Yeah. They can also get that from under eating or over exercising or a combination of both. 
Um, and when, when that happens, we see there's a whole host of things that the body does differently when that happens. It will um, shift from more of a parasympathetic state to a sympathetic state, which is also uh, referred to often as going from the rest and digest state into the fight or flight state. So that that will change your libido. It will really decrease your libido. It will increase um, your sort of problem-solving capacity. It will decrease your body's tendency to sleep deeply and rejuvenate and recover. And it will decrease, obviously, the reproductive cycle um, because it's all it's all oriented towards just trying to get enough fuel into your system. Right, and you know, one thing when you're talking about people over overworking, you know, overworking out. Basically, this is something common. I actually have a, co- a client that this exact thing came up where she was actually able to get pregnant, but she came to me for help because she had experienced a series of miscarriages. And uh, the doctors were getting concerned and thinking she might need to do some kind of IVF or something. And when we looked at what was going on, not only was she really a low blood pressure person, which is what we're going to talk to you about looking at. We'll talk about that in a second. We're going to tell you how to look at your blood pressure to get an idea of where your minerals and nutrients are. But her blood pressure was really low already, indicating low minerals and nutrients, but she was also working out very intensely six days a week. And she looked amazing. She looked like a, a fitness magazine model, but the body wasn't not only receiving enough, but also too much of those resources were going towards, I don't know, Zumba class or whatever it was. Um, So that's a problem. So I explained to her the situation and she understood it. And I explained that, look, you, you can't have the goal of losing weight and being pregnant at the same time. Those two goals cannot exist together. That doesn't mean nobody can ever do that because a woman with amazing digestion and huge reserves of minerals and nutrients backed up all over the place could probably get away with that. But if you're a person who's been having trouble conceiving, don't do that. Don't try to have a goal of being pregnant and losing weight at the same time. It's not going to work out for you. So once she understood that and she made those adjustments, she not only reduced the amount of working out she was doing, but she made it much less intense. Um, And she started doing just more like walking. Uh, And now she has a beautiful baby girl. So those changes were hard for her to make, but her baby girl is really cute and that's fun. So you understand that sometimes you just have to look at, okay, maybe I don't have to always do it this way, but in this scenario, while I want to achieve this goal, I'm going to have to make these changes. And if you understand why, it, it becomes a lot easier to make those changes. So anything else we need to tell Stephanie? You know, one mm. other thing I'll mention is alcohol. And you would think that alcohol wouldn't be a problem because like in high school, none of your friends ever got pregnant unless alcohol was involved. But if someone is already having trouble getting pregnant, you have to understand that not only the the load on the liver that it's going to hit, but those sugar spikes and crashes that Will was talking about 
are going to be problematic. So, Will, can we talk a little bit about not only cutting out alcohol, but what are ways that a person can, if they're experiencing these hypoglycemic-type episodes, what are some ways that they can uh, turn that around so that they don't have the spikes and crashes? Well, I mean, in addition to I mean, working on their digestion is absolutely critical so that they're able to break down and absorb and utilize proteins and fats and carbohydrates. So that's that's definitely step one. Another key thing to do is to try to eat more uh, smaller frequent meals that are um, not processed, ideally not like processed foods or refined carbohydrates. But um, we, we tend to lean more towards... Um, more towards the paleo side of things, but it's also uh, useful to know that uh, one way that can really help lower stress hormone levels is to provide the body with very usable sugars like those found in fruits. So with someone who has really elevated cortisol, I would think like eating eating fruit on a, on a normal basis can be in, in a lot of cases really helpful to just naturally balance out the hormonal state and she you know in listening to me say that she may be like oh no there's too much sugar in fruit though but uh, you know and I, I would say but that's exactly what your body needs and and that might lead us down the road again towards the psychological component of learning to uh, gain a healthier perspective on what her body should look like and what it what it means to be healthy and beautiful, uh, that that might need to change first in order for her allow herself to eat in a way that nourishes herself. Um, some other biomarkers that she could look at in addition to her blood pressure are uh, the urine dipstick test, where she could check and see if she has protein in her urine. If she does, that's a pretty strong indication that she's in a, a protein breakdown state, meaning her own body tissues like muscle and such are being catabolized to provide protein for the regular functions. Right, and th- that would be common to see that with someone who was dealing with osteopenia and was like, you know, marathon running, because uh, yeah. that seems to be a very pro-catabolic activity. Yeah. So, yeah well, I want to go back to the first thing you said, you know, the, you said the first step was to improve digestion so you could break down proteins and fats and stuff. Uh, I want to make sure people understand that, uh, you know, a lot of these hypoglycemic things are caused by eating too many starches and carbs that are, that are lifting blood sugar too high and making insulin go too high and then crash. But a lot of times when you're eating that way, it's because you've found that's what works best for you. And that's usually the case because you don't have the ability to break down protein properly or emulsify fats, and when you eat those foods, you feel kind of lousy, and and you can't, you're bloated, or you feel nauseous, or you can't access any fuel, so you're tired. But when you eat carbs, then you can break that down, because that's easier to break down, and you can break down carbs without a fully functioning digestive system. So mm-hmm. that's why what Will was saying is so important, is you have to fix digestion so you qualify to eat these other foods, and then you won't need all of those carbs. So you'll be able to replace the things like the bread and the pasta uh, with things like berries, you know, like Will was talking about, or or maybe lower uh, carb vegetables like uh, sweet potatoes or butternut squash and things like that that can supply you the carbs that you need without causing that spike and the crash. So taking mm-hmm. all of those steps can, can fix a lot of these issues. You know, Nina just reminded me, too, that we also have another whole episode on low sex drive. So listening to that might help you understand uh, different ways that these low resources are affecting you that are restricting your ability to be fertile and 
and restricting a lot of these other things to work correctly as well, especially the mood swings. That Because you, you don't want to do that. Think about the mood swings that you're having now. If you became pregnant now, multiply those by, Kenna, how many do we multiply those by? Uh, maybe a thousand. Just, just about a thousand. So that's a problem. So you want to take steps to set yourself up um, to be ready for the magnification that's going to come with being pregnant so that we don't see you on the news. Hmm. Yeah, and just anybody out there who's scared like about their age or blah, 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 blah. I mean, I'm 43 years old. So, you know, it can happen. I was, when I first went in and knew I was pregnant and stuff, I asked them, was I the oldest patient there? And they laughed. (laughs) No, we have a 56-year-old lady that got pregnant, not with fertility treatments either. And I I was shocked. I was, I was, whoa. So it can happen at any age that, you know, just don't give up hope is what I'm saying. Hmm. Right, and if there are things in your body that, you know, because it sounds like Stephanie right now would have a hard time getting pregnant, absolutely, but that doesn't mean that she can't make improvements. Kenna had a lot of things going wrong when she first started working on things, too. Uh, so just you can make changes and you can improve a lot of things. So. If this is new to you, if you have never heard the world of, oh my gosh, I can change what I'm eating and I can change my body chemistry and change symptoms that I'm experiencing. If this is new to you, you may be in for a big ride, but it, it, it can get really fun. So just hang in there and know that if you're willing to do the work and educate yourself and, and learn these things, um, you can make big changes in the payoff in this scenario Coming from somebody that just had a baby, is the payoff is huge. And you hear from people that, oh, it's so fun to have a baby. But it's, it's unbelievable. And if this is important to you, I'm going to be so excited if we can help you turn that around. Okay, cool. so that was one question, and that took like a whole episode. So I think we're going to have to wrap this up, and we'll cover these other questions um, next week. Uh, because I, didn't, I wanted to really dig in with Stephanie a little bit. Kenna, are we missing anything? I don't think so, except Stephanie, if you really, you know, you need uh, more in-depth advice on infertility, just go to kickitnaturally.com and search for infertility in the search box, and Tony's written a very in-depth article on infertility, so you might get more help there, too. And just don't give up, and just, you know, work on all the steps with your nutrition, and, and, and just be positive about it. Right, and... uh you sign up for the almost free four-week digestion course. It's only 50 cents. We just have that on there so that spam registrations don't go through. So that you um, can get rich with the 50 yeah, cents. with 50 cents, yeah. Um, but take that because the videos will show you how to look at your physiology. The tests are very easy. You can do it at home with things that you pick up at a pharmacy or a, a health food store. But there's also a link to a free and private support group on Facebook in there that you can go and ask questions when you need to. And only people in the group can see the posts that are in there. Nobody else on Facebook can see them. You, so you can ask questions like, hey, I haven't pooped in three weeks. Is that wrong? You know, And you won't have to be worried that your friends are going to see that. So uh, let us know how it goes. And uh, we're going to pick up this next week. We have a lot more infertility stuff that we need to cover um, next week, uh, we're going to get into a little bit about IVF. We're going to talk about, you know, ovulation and all that kind of stuff. Woohoo! Good luck, Stephanie. 
If you want to learn more about how to look at your own chemistry, you can read any of Tony's books or take the almost free four-week digestion course at kickitnaturally.com. Or you can download our free quick start guide. You can also find more information at Will's website, mybodyofknowledge.net, or learn more about how to become a health coach at healthprocourse.com. Until next time. See you next week. Bye. Bye-bye.